You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So this is Chamban uh, versus Rambam, and I call tonight's uh, presentation, Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, as uh, Forrest Gump said. And the point really is, is that it gets into the nature of destiny, what is supposed to happen, what could happen. Um, and I think that there is a fundamental debate between uh, the Ramban and the Rambam. And uh, there's a third person here who sort of, last week we talked about the centrality of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and what those miracles meant. And those miracles are the basis of Torah. The fact that those miracles occurred, the fact that those miracles happened and the way they happened, really is the bulwark for living a Torah life. And that's why the Ramban says that we have to be careful about every mitzvah. Because uh, you remember what he just said? He, he talked about how, how mezuzah, when you put that mezuzah up, the the energy and excitement you have, knowing what's inside that cloth, that material, and the message of what that means, is the foundation, really, of Torah, that, that God responds to how we act, and we are his creatures, and you're going to see, he's going to say it even stronger here now. That's the reason why you have to be so careful about every mitzvah. All the mitzvahs are so wonderful to do. Because every time you do a mitzvah, and you know, the Sephardim and others see them, they say, this is for the sake of God. Whether you say it or not, every time you, you, you submit yourself to an action, to this invisible being that you know lives and created you, so every mitzvah, now we talk about the purpose for mitzvahs, and God wants us to change. And God takes us away from Avodah Zorah and from the Hevelim of Avodah Zorah, according to the Rambam. Or God fights against some of our worst nature that he implanted in us. Whatever the idea of the mitzvahs are, specifically, all mitzvahs share this idea, he says. Koa mitzvahs, that, because you wouldn't be doing it unless you believed in a power that is somehow controlling your life and is involved in your life. And that power is God, and it's more than just there's this uh, overlord. And really what you're doing with the mitzvah is not just saying you're the most powerful despot here, but you're my creator. And the Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, what it does, it establishes that we, the fealty that we have to God is God as the creator. And therefore, when you do a mitzvah, by definition, you are owning up that you are a creature of God. Rabbi Kivalevich, I'm yes. sorry to interrupt. Uh, I see the source, you know, vote, but where is this part of the this is, this Ramban is, commentary on the Chumash? Yeah, this is Ramban Chumash, uh, Exodus 13. Okay, yeah, this is what we, I, I, I figured I should start where we left off last week. Vihi kavonos ha 
Look at that language the Ramban says, everyone. That's the purpose of creation. You know, many people will say the purpose of creation. Why did God create us? So many people know, and this is what I heard when I was in yeshiva, the purpose of creation was uh, to be able to, for God to give his goodness to the world, to be mated to the Bria, right? To, or that there should be a dira betachtonim, that God should, should exist beyond the scope of his, his ineffable, incredible aimsofness. But the Ramban says here that the ultimate reason of creation as far as we're concerned, when we think about the creation, Harishona, which is, I guess, the creation of man. Again, it's very, it's sort of like, hmm, what does he mean here, the Yitzira Harishona? But it sounds like there's no, the real purpose of man in his creation is for man to recognize that God exists and own up to the fact that you were a created being. The Ein El Elyon, the great, powerful God. What does he want? What does he want from this tiny, finite world? You know what he wants from this world? Milvad, the only thing he really wants. That man should come to understand. And that he can actually admit, but more than admit, understand and say it and feel it, that God created him. Now, we talked last week, if you remember, at the end of the class, about the idea of mezuzah, according to the Rambam, is recognizing your soul and recognizing the, the active intellect and the way, the fact that your soul will have eternality. I don't believe that is what Rambam means at all. True, he does use the word yedah ha'odam, but that just means a feeling that is 100% clear to the person. It isn't necessarily something built on a deep philosophical or Kabbalistic or mystical knowledge. Mystical knowledge deepens what I that, but it's not dependent on being a mystic. It's not dependent on being, the Ramban is not an elitist, despite the fact that he was the source of much of Kabbalistic knowledge, and he was considered, he was studied by the Kabbalists so, so closely. What he's talking about here is that a person, just everyone, every Joe Lunchpail, Joe and Jane Lunchpail, should know, and know that God created them. And I think I've quoted this Ramban to you over this past year, but it's worth hearing again, as many of us go back to Beit HaKnesset again, for the first time in a long time. The purpose, when you go to shul and you hear people together raising their voice, you know, Rav Salvechik was famous for saying that we don't have a, like a church service where everybody sings in unison and, and it's all so beautiful. Um, you know, there's a great, um, uh, you know, if you want to watch something very funny, uh, you can see uh, Bean, you know, Rowan Atkinson's character, Mr. Bean, uh, goes into church and he's completely off key with everyone. And he's standing up when they're sitting down and not singing properly and he's crying. Because so much of the church is is this beautiful poetic song and everyone's singing it together. And it, 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 it is something. 
But, you know, as your salvation says, it's a cacophony of sounds. Like when Jews are all, you know, off key and a little bit of a different sound. Like it's not like we're all, you know, amening at all the same time. So when everybody is, is lifting up their voice in Tfilos, the thing of having these shuls, and the whole idea of schools, Tfilos, Arabim, that everybody came to shul, we have so many people there. Well, what is that all about? You know, and we know we talked about the Ramban's understanding of whether Tfil was a mitzvah or not. And we talked about whether, you know, but what is the schus of, of having? The Ramban knew, of course, that people were going to Batekinsa. And he knew that it was happening. What was that about? The reason why we have that, the reason why we encourage everyone to raise their voice and for everyone to show up, is there should be a place where you can sort of lose your inhibitions. And you can therefore come together in that place and you could sort of forget what's going on outside. You see everybody else and that causes sort of a, uh, 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 an infectious feeling. And everyone together can admit and, and say and believe that God created them. He, he, he created us and he brought us through to this state that we're in now. And, and by coming to Shul and by, 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 by like declaring one person to the other, it becomes a public idea and we all can somehow without any sense of inhibition, say to God, That's it. You created us. That's what it's about. You created us. Now, that's different than what we were reading last week from the Rambam, that we are one with you because you gave us this intellect that we are able to bond with you and now live forever and become part of you. That's not what it's about. That's not the purpose. The purpose is that human beings can be able to go to a place and, and, and whatever the verbiage is, whatever the very type of psukim and, and, and ideas and piyutim, it all comes down to the fact that we are talking to our creator and we are saying to him, we know that you created us. That is v'zeu kavanosam ba'amru that's what it says. I think that's the way it's written by Yon, uh, by Ninveh. They called out to God with great strength. Right? What was that? That when they called out to God in, in Ninveh. Right? They called out to God in Ninveh. So, and what does that mean, the Yashalmi says? You know what it means when you call out to God, it means it's not enough for you to whisper it. Everybody's voice is raised, influencing the other person and pushing the emotion to say it. And then he quotes this incredible, he continues quoting the Yerushalmi. Meaning even though a person is normally reserved, 
But when you have these meetings, you are able to conquer your inherent shyness and let it out. Let it out, brother. Scream it to God. Yeah, sort of like a revival meeting, <laughs> right? Let the chatzifa notzach levisha. That's what, because then you can just let it out and you mean it. God, you created me. Okay, so that is what um, all mitzvahs, he says, are meant to do. All mitzvahs are going to bring you there. Now, he talked, the Ramban talked about the greatness of the, the Nisim of Itzias Mitzrayim. But that's not the, an end in itself. <laughs> Listen to what I'm going to say here. The Nisim Itzias Mitzrayim definitely established the principles the Torah is built on. And because they happened, all the doubts that were raised by the intellectuals in Mitzrayim and before and after, and like the Ramban says, no one, even as the generations continue, would really among the Jews have much of a chance to make any inroads with the type of atheistic speculation that we were talking about last week. Because we are so tied into our mitzvahs of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which concretize the idea of a creator who is who has given us Torah and mitzvahs. But really, we're supposed to move beyond that. You know, it, it really is um, fascinating, you know, when you have a commentary on, on, on a book that in one section tells you the purpose of creation, the purpose, ultimate purpose of all mitzvos, really, of the essential. And then he says, what is the yisod of the Torah, really? The yisod of the Torah is the idea of nisim nistarim, which is more important than nisim geluyim, or nisim afursamim. This was, now we're getting to an answer to one of the points that I raised in the beginning of last week's uh, presentation, which was... um, can't, you know, the, the, couldn't the miracles have been even more off the wall, more incredible? The point is not more incredible, the point is less incredible. Because really, those Nisim have to teach us that what happens continuously is also miracle. And then he says again, a very strong term, You need to believe. Look what he says here. You're not really part of the Torah of Moshe. You, we need to believe that everything that occurs, happenstance, anything that seems to just be a happening, whether it's Corona, whether it's the vaccine, whether it's whoever won the election, whether it's stubbing your toe, or whatever occurs, flat tire, not being able to get the ticket that you thought you wanted to get, being able to snag that villa in in Florida for Pesach, whatever it was, 
כולם ניסים. אין בהם טבע ומנהגו של עולם. It doesn't mean, well, of course, that's the way things are going to happen. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, that's the way things work. When society gets together, things got to come your way sometime. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's the tether that, that you know, when, when a virus escapes from, from Wuhan or whatever, it's what happens because it has this thing and people meet each other. It goes from one person to the other. And then, of course, that's the teva. No, that's not true, the Ramban says. And, teva, and this idea that there is no, no, no teva And there is, is true whether it's a community or an individual. What does this mean? The Ramban is going to say something very radical. If you, once we realize the Torah was given, and that becomes the cadence and the principle of which the world is built on. So now everything is based on the fact that Mitzvos are done. And if you do mitzvos, you will get the benefit of perhaps money, perhaps a nice uh, home, uh, other positive things. And that's your schar. The, your hatzalocha and your schar are the exact same thing. The hatzalocha that you have is essentially the schar that God is paying you for the commitments and actions and things you've done. And if you go against God's will, you're going to be either killed, stopped, crushed, and all of that is a punishment from God. And all of this is all based on what God wants. And he mentions two other places and the sources that have done work, and we're going to look at these a little bit later, where the Ramban has referred to this before. But what he's saying is, is that we need to believe, and you're not a real believer unless you do believe, that everything that occurs is in a way a reaction from God to who, what things that you've done. Nothing is really teva. Now, the truth is, is that most people don't believe in them because they don't see them. Most people don't believe that, that these type of secret nisim, and, and I want to say it a little bit better. That means that everything that occurs is really based on what we do and how we act. And the fact that God changes things on account of what you've done is a miracle. Because now what should have happened, perhaps, if he would go statistically, is not going to happen. What's going to happen is a result of your action. And that is a miracle like the creation of the world. Because that means that all the things will shift and change and sort of will be refashioned and formed Because God, the cognizant one, is reacting to you either as a punishment or as a way of paying you your reward. Rabbi Kivalevich, I'm going to ask a question here, too. Um, what I, I, I know that uh, the Ramban is um, widely respected as an influence on Kabbalah, but I thought the whole idea is... Um, in, many of the Kabbalistic works that the 
scar mitzvah mitzvah. You don't really get rewarded in this world. This seems to stand that on its head. You're raising a good point, Bob. Um, The the Ramban, in fact, uh, does talk about the scar in the next world. But the Ramban feels that that is sort of like obvious. The true Chiddush of the Berea is that we get scar in this world. And that, um, now, how does this jive with all the people who seem to have been punished in this world or suffer in this world, even though they were tzaddikin? So that is, of course, Eov's problem, right? <laughs> that is really the problem of Eov. Because Eov's life contradicts this, right? Because Eov's life seems to be a contradiction. Eov did not get his children killed because of an onesh, right? So that is one of the, 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 the reasons why that book is so problematic, difficult, and, and important to learn. But you're right, Bob, and he's going to say it right now. Take a look. This idea that, and, and listen to the way I explain the idea of this, of, see, that's why I, I use the box of chocolates. You never know, meaning that moment is a miracle. It's possible that, you know, Bob says the Rambam we know is the Avi of the Mekubolim. I think one of the ways that we can understand this is, is adopting a principle that's, uh, that many people know from the Balatanya, which is the idea of uh, what we say in the Tfilot, HaMachadesh Bituvo Bechol Yom Tamid that God recreates every second the, the universe, right? This, the universe only exists because of God's will every moment to keep it going. It isn't that the universe was created and now there's rules there and it follows certain rules and there's ways with the Torah that you can somehow manage them. But rather, every moment is really a new moment of creation that God's responding to us, keeping us alive. And yes, you created us. It's almost like not so much you created us 6,000 years ago, but you're creating us this moment when you come to show and you're saying that. And part of that is, is that, and it's built on the principles of, that were given in the Torah, that you know to be true in your mind and you've studied about. And therefore, as he says, when a Rabbim, for example, what happens when a Rabbim is in line with God's will? So it becomes a miracle that everybody knows. In other words, not only the, the Jews who always knew it, but the whole planet now knows that God is the creator and is, and is changing things for them. Because what happens there? The whole world looks and says, what's going on? They never have bad, it's raining, there's no rain anywhere else, and they have the best crops. Everything is working out well for them. Every, every time we try to attack them, their armies destroy us, and we run away like crazy. There's no, they never have a bad year of drought. 
um, they, they basically, they don't work on the seventh year, and then they have enough to eat for from the sixth year to last into the eighth year, and everybody hears about that, and it's not just one person, but it's a whole nation, and when a whole nation lives in that way, and 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 and, this, and the fulfillment of Parshas Bechukotai of Bechukosai is uh, happens for them. So you know what? Then what occurs is, wow, God, it's incredible. And the opposite is also true. When the amount of of, of bad things that occur, the punishments that occur, when they see that even though they seem to have uh, had the right amount of uh, of seed to put into the ground, but stuff didn't grow. And, and and it seemed like although in Libya or in, in Ethiopia or in Jordan and other places, there was enough rain. But over here, it was like droughts and terrible and everything was dying. So then the Pasuk says, So all the nations recognize God. So even though all many of these nations might have been idol worshippers and other things, they come to recognize God in a way because they see how can that happen that a certain people always has this bad stuff? It must be that there is something called the bris of God, and she same hadavar. And really, in an amazing way, they realize by the punishments that occur that God is behind it. And when we fulfill everything, of course, when it's a positive thing, then no matter what their beliefs were up until that point, what sort of Buddhas and elephant gods, whatever it was they believed in up until this time, when they see that a, 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 a people is consistently taken care of and gets that benefit, and they say, wow, there is a God, and God is taking care of them. So that is sort of like a nice nister, because... It's not like they're walking around with giant muscles and eating uh, gold apples that are growing from trees that are 90 foot high. They are just getting positive, positive, positive. It's like they haven't had a bad year. And it's not just one person, but it's continuing over and over again. That's a nace. You don't need to destroy Teva for that. And in fact, that again, miracle becomes unnecessary. And the whole the, the whole term miracle is sort of wrong. It's not that Yemos HaMashiach has to produce these miracles where all of a sudden the Jews are 90 foot tall and, 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 and reach up to the sky and, 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 and can do amazing things and have thunderbolts coming out from their hands. Just the, the, the consistent... Uh, the consistent positivity and everything going right... Is a, is a proof that this whole system is really a miraculous one, depending on God's will. That God cre- God creates it over and over, and responds to what the way what human beings and the power He's given to human beings to be able to do that. Um, 
So the Ramban says that he is going to explain it further. And I think we, we uh, a number of uh, months ago, uh, I think we did this Ramban. I'm going to uh, just read a little bit of it with you. So, um, these brachos, the Ramban says, uh, of which is the rain coming, uh, wonderful crops, it's about rain. It's about having fullness of crops. There isn't any war. There's a lot of children being born. Similar brochos are mentioned, of course, in Parshas Mishpatim, where it talks about your bread and water being blessed and that you're going to live the full existence there won't be illness within your midst. That's what it says in Parshas Mishpatim. Because over there, what is it talking about there? There it's also talking about a person who, if he follows God's will, will not get ill. Um, all his food will be incredibly healthy, and uh, therefore his uh, his organs, including the sexual ones, are going to be on the best possible way, and there's not going to be miscarriages and children that die young, and people will live an incredibly full lifetime. Now, those brochos are miracles. Those are from the Nisim Pirashti. And why is it Nisim Nistorim? Because there the Torah describes the, the righteous person, that the righteous person will live a good, decent, long life without illness. That is a nace. And it starts, of course, with the words, Serve God, and this is what happens. Remember, he doesn't have to be a philosopher. He doesn't have to be a philosopher. He's a chosid. He he's not a complete idiot. But it's not about being a deep philosophical um, uh, monkish aesthetic. He's somebody who follows the mitzvahs. God will prevent illness from such a person and from his wife and from his animals. They will have the, the they will be blessed with uh, fecundity, I think is the word, having children. And the Yamala Yom of Betova. That happens to individuals. But the ones in Bichukosai are for everyone. And that's what happens when somehow a tshuva movement occurs. And I don't know if it's every single person, but it's almost all of us become tzadikim. That's why it says the earth, the land of Israel is important for that to happen. Um, 
and it's going to be Sholem in the Aretz, it's going to be Betach in the Aretz, because the Eretz is crucial for all the people to be there. And as I've said many times, all of these brachos, although what are they really about? Rain, crops, those are miracles. Ki ein beteva there's no teva that says that you're going to have rains every single year, although, like I said, the, the, the countries next to you do not. You are somehow going to be protected from all sorts of warfare, although wars break out everywhere else. And when people do try to start up with you, somehow what, what they are over, overcome with incredible fear. And all of that should happen because of what? Because we do chukim and mitzvos? That's, that, that's a nice. <laughs> Our actions mean God now changes everything based on that. Lo kol hepach. And, and now you're going to tell you it's the opposite because we don't keep Shemitah and because we decided not to heed God's world and all of a sudden everything becomes the exact opposite. Now, you might say, that's not really miracles. I mean, the earth didn't open up. Um, giant monsters didn't attack them like we were talking about last week. It sounds like it's just yeah, a coincidence. Yeah, there's no way to talk about that. I don't know why. Can't, I just can't believe it. The guy's hitting 900. Yeah, just something great about that. He's just the greatest hitter that's ever been, right? So here it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> what people say that, the fact that it's consistent and it's in everywhere in Eretz Yisrael to a whole group of people. It happens year after year after year after year. So now the nace nister becomes a nace mefursam, which teaches us that everything is really a nace. And teaches the whole planet this principle that there is no such thing as teva. Yeah, possibly, Bob. But I, and again, Bob is uh, not Bob. Um, Richard. Richard is saying that Purim maybe teaches this principle. Maybe, you know, you would hope it does. Um, you know, and you're right. The fact that things turned around so perfectly, and now, but it didn't last. Although it lasted for a little while. But yeah, yeah, I, I guess Purim can be also marshaled into the same principle. Um, and now the Ramban says, if it happens with one person, if a per, let's say like in Parshas Mishpatim, Parshas Mishpatim Perachov Gimel is the story of one Sadik, one person that because he lived the way he did, although the guy next door ate the same bread and the same water, and got sick, he didn't. And although everybody else in the neighborhood, their lifespan was 50, he lived to 80. But the truth is, the Ramban says, we know that even 
sometimes Rishayim get the same thing. And therefore, one Sadik is not enough of a proof, even though they're going to proclaim his story in Reader's Digest and everyone's going to be excited about it. That's not going to be a big enough proof for the world that everything is a nace. Because they're going to go point and say, yeah, what about him? He had the same thing happen to him. But if you have one country that for year after year after year has this consistent rainfall and people don't go hungry and very few, although there are, there is poverty, there's still enough food to go around for everyone. And with this one people, what happens? They, they constantly get the rain. Everyone, people are, are going, no one's going hungry. There's peace. There's health. When someone is stupid enough to try to fight them, they see an incredible courage and everyone runs away from them. The Shivrona Ivan. And there's nothing comparable to that anywhere else in the world. So everybody knows that there's a God. And the story of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim really recreates itself in Eretz Yisrael, that everyone recognizes God. As we saw before. Now, has this happened yet? As he says over here, um, That's, and really, there is no teva anyway. That's really the whole point. And then he gets into the point about not needing doctors, which we've talked about in previous classes, and you're able to download those episodes because you'll find them uh, if you search a little bit. You'll see when we talk about, uh, about doctors. Uh, and the difference between the Ramban and the Rambam. Um, he does say that um, that this hasn't happened yet. And as he says over here, there's really no reason, Bob, just to answer your question here. Um, there's no reason to mention that we will have Olam Haba. Because the Neshama is a piece of God, and of course it will have existence past this world. And, and the onish is, is that your neshama loses it. God or does tell you the onish. That's that is in the Torah, but that you don't. The fact that you're going to, if you don't do the averus, you're going to your neshama will live. There's no reason for the Torah to write that. That's 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 part of the teva. Now he says here that. Lo Yisrael Ma'olam Lebrochos Ha'elu Bishlemusam. 
It has not occurred yet. Lo harabim, lo In fact, there hasn't even been a group of individuals that have had consistent this type of, 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 of what we would call, I'm not going to call it luck, but this type of hashkocha from God. So therefore, these psukim and parshas bechukosai are really the description of the Mashiach's time. And that's what he says. They will be fulfilled at a, at a, at a, at a time which is called the Zman Ashlemus. That's what we're all waiting for, the Zman of, of the Geula Asida. To reiterate, the, the, as great as the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim are, they really are a bulwark for accepting the Torah. Because once we know the Torah is true, then everything is a miracle. The Torah means that Every moment is a recreation and a miracle of God's attending to us based on our actions and changing things which logically shouldn't happen. Because there really is no law of logic or nature that binds anything. That's really inherent in this constant recreation. And therefore, it's not like God smashes the laws of Teva for us. There really is no laws of Teva. So in a sense, as I'm saying, you know, it really is, you never know. Again, even if you think you know what's in the Whitman sampler chocolate box, you don't know what that next minute, the next moment is really going to be. Now, this is very much counter the idea of the purpose of miracles and miracles in general. It's obviously very counter to the Rambam. I said I was going to get to the Ebenezer Ezra tonight, and I hope I still will. But I just want to first read to you a couple of words from the Rambam. We might have done some of this in, the, in previous weeks. This is the Rambam in his commentary to Pirkei Ovos. The Rambam, this is where the Mishnah talks about the ten things that were created in Benashmoshos. And the Rambam says, I already told you in the eighth chapter of the introduction to Pirkei Avos of Shemone Prokim. Sheheim lo yaminu bechidish haratzon eis achar eis. It's not the idea that God decides to do something new in every new moment. Elishibereshis asiyas advarim, when he first created the world, Husam Bitivam, he put into the Teva, he in the nature of those physical things that he created, that everything that it will end up doing for six thousand, ten thousand, however long the world would happen, when God created those things initially, there was written into the code of those elements of the world, all the things that they would do. Whether it's a Dover Shriyasa Tadr, whether it's the thing that it usually does, like the earth is supposed to just stay 
solitary the way it is and get in rain and produce with its nutrients plants. Or, and that would be the idea of the earth 99.9999% of the time, but what is also put into creation was what might happen at some distant time that is considered totally off the grid, which is the Mophase, which is the miracle. That's why we say, part of the earth, what was put into it, in other words, the six days of creation means in the beginning of God's forming the essence of the planet, he put into the earth that there will come a time 2,449 years later that what's going to happen? That the earth will open up and swallow Korach. Or that even though normally um, um, you know, stones um, don't bring out water, he was put into the, the nature of stones and specifically the stone in this area that was already determined from the beginning of creation that water would come out of it. Or that even though generally donkeys would just be you know, good pack animals, he also put into the tev of donkeys that a specific one would speak at the time of Bilam. Um, so that is the way, you know, that is the um, the Rambam's opinion. And he asks on himself, then why is it only these 10? That means every miracle was already there. God sort of realized, because God knows everything, and God knew them in advance. God knew there would be a Bilam. God knew there would be the B'nai Yisrael that would need water. So he already sort of put into the structure of creation most of what it usually does, but there's also, uh uh-oh, look, we've read the code. The code indicates that at this point in creation, this miracle is going to happen. This thing is going to go blip off of the grid. Lama yuchtu eila asara. They don't mean these are the only miracles. Those happened really late in creation, like right before uh, the seven days of creation was over. Those were actually put into the Teva right when, right when they were made in the beginning. On the second day, when the water splits between the upper and lower waters, that's where the idea of the of the Yamsuf occurs, because that's all about water. So therefore, it was already put into the Teva of the Yam to split in the second day of creation. And also Yoshua's Yardin, when Klaus Yisrael crossed into Eretz Yisrael. And whatever, and Elio and Elisha also had water splitting for them, or, or miracles happening with water. And when the sun finally appears, so that meant that God put into the creation of the sun that there will come a time when Yeshua will, of course, be fighting, and Yeshua will cause the sun to stop. And those are all the other Mosim will be in such a way. Now, 
if you if you think about this and you compare it to the Ram, Ramban, you really get two very different senses of things, right? It's almost like they they both are very they both believe in the nature of things, but the Rambam has a problem with the idea of, of miracles occurring. Right, miracles, if a miracle occurs, it must be that it's part of something that was in the system originally, and it happens to align based on God's foreknowledge of human events that are going to occur that align with it. Is is that God responding to human beings? Or is that God, since he knows human beings are going to do that, sort of like this master compute, you know, com- this, this master coding person who's putting everything into the system and put it in. So at that moment, it appears as if Moshe, it's response to Moshe Rabbeinu and Korach. But really, God sort of knows that's going to happen. So in creation, he has to put that miracle in there from the moment creation starts, because obviously, Creation is, 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 it's not like God's constantly creating. God created at that moment, which is a moment in time, which maybe for God is still happening because God is not bound by time. But it's not that creation is constantly reoccurring and that really there's no such thing as Teva. In, in, in the Rambam's way of looking at things, almost everything is Teva. Everything is this Marocha that was created in the beginning. Even the miracles that occur were sort of like an, uh, a, a byproduct of God's foreknowledge of what was going to occur. So that's what he puts into the initial creation. So I, I think you almost have opposites here between uh, the Rambam and the Ramban. Um, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.